Sexual Selection from The Descent of Man and Selection in Relation to Sex by Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin was an English naturalist most famous for his theory of evolution, which conflicted with religious conceptions of creationism, as well as scientific beliefs at the time that species did not change over time. Darwin proposed a theory of natural selection whereby those who best adapted to their natural environments thrived and were able to reproduce. Darwin's theory was based on his extensive scientific studies of animals, especially birds, plants, and fossils around the world. In 1958, he published his findings in On the Origins of Species by Means of Natural Selection, which he is most famously known. Darwin's theory of natural selection did not settle all of his questions. Natural selection explains how different species develop, but it does not explain the differences within species. It especially does not explain secondary sexual characteristics like the bright plumage of male birds, the lion's large mane, the bright coloring of the male mandrel's face and bottom, or the horns of certain deer, goats, and sheep. Darwin addressed the issue in On the Origins of Species, but only briefly. In contrast to the struggle for existence that animated natural selection, secondary sex characteristics punctuating differences within a species, he claimed, was animated by a struggle between males for possession of the females. Within that struggle, Darwin located the weapon of charm, the ornamental traits of male birds, for example, and the courtship displays of mating dances and songs function to attract a female mate with the most successful traits influencing successive generations. The question of differences within species, however, continued to unsettle Darwin. In a letter, he expressed his frustration. Quote, it is curious that I remember well time when the thought of the eye made me cold all over, but I've gotten over this stage of the complaint, and now small trifling particulars of structure often make me very uncomfortable. The sight of a feather in a peacock's tail, whenever I gaze at it, makes me sick. In 1871, after years of study combining his own observations and those solicited from other scientists around the world with whom he kept correspondences, Darwin published his findings in The Descent of Man and Selection in Relation to Sex. Darwin attributed the development of secondary sexual characteristics like the peacock's plumage to what he called sexual selection. Darwin's theory of sexual selection was as earth-shattering as his theory of natural selection, but this time it even rocketed the scientific world of Darwin's peers. Darwin's account had two radical consequences. One, beauty could be explained in terms of nature, rather than as God-given, and two, it accorded the most significant role in evolutionary development to female choice. As for the first, Victorian England was not prepared to grant the appreciation of beauty to animals. Beauty, it was commonly held, could only be appreciated by human beings. Thus, to grant an evolutionary role to it was equivalent to undermining the belief that beauty could only be God-given. As for the second, no one was prepared to grant the development of beauty, aesthetic appreciation, or the progress of man to successive generations of female choice. Not even Darwin himself was prepared to grant his own theses for legitimacy when it came to man. And on Darwin and the making of sexual selection, Avalon Richards examines mountains of correspondences, notes, and the disparate influences of a lifetime work to explain how Darwin worked out his theory of sexual selection a theory that required making connections, drawing conclusions, overcoming obstacles, some of which were his own biases, and in some cases, not overcoming the challenges of his own biased assumptions. Despite the significant role of female choice within the development and survival of species, 
Darwin went to great lengths to prove women's inferiority in his study of man. For Darwin, women were inferior to men, and despite the implications of his theory of sexual selection, he argued that men's intellectual powers, when compared to that of women, proved that men has ultimately become superior to women. The deeply entrenched social and cultural belief in woman's inferiority was a struggle, was a source of struggle for Darwin, and it was one that he both spent a lifetime overcoming in order to arrive at his radical thesis regarding female choice and ultimately succumb to and excluding the radical implications of his thesis for the status of women. Darwin's relationship to racial differences was also deeply problematic. Readers will note his regular use of the distinction between civilized and savage peoples. Darwin was opposed to slavery in all of its forms, but he maintained a belief in the natural inferiority of non-European races. His theory of evolution presupposed a Eurocentric conception of progress that elided non-European societies with a more primitive evolutionary state and European societies with civilized progress. Reading historical figures like Darwin demand robust critical thinking skills in order to sort out the way in which social and cultural beliefs shape scientific and intellectual work. The relationship between social and cultural beliefs on the one hand and what we take to be scientific objectivity on the other hand is a complex one as the example of Darwin shows.